I heard a story the other day about this man who was at the airport. He was waiting at the ticket line and he happened to hear this conversation taking place at the counter. Apparently there was this man who was very upset about something. He was, you know, just mad. He was irate. He was cursing. He's pointing his finger at the agent behind the counter. He's yelling. He's, his voice got louder and louder and his words got very harsh and very personal. And the whole time, the agent behind the counter was just very calm. And she was very polite, very even keel. She didn't let it rattle her at all. Finally, she smiled, handed the man his boarding pass, and he kind of gruffed and walked away. When the man who witnessed this came up to the counter, he couldn't help but compliment this young lady. He said, I can't believe that you handled that with such uh, calmness, that you just didn't get upset back and you were, you were just really polite and you handled that so calm. He said, I can't believe how nice you were to him. It's okay, she said. I took care of it. He's flying to Detroit, but his luggage is going to Tokyo. I heard that. And it made me laugh a little bit. But then I got to thinking, how often, how often do we put our trust in complete strangers? We trust that they're going to look out for our best interests, that they're going to take care of us. We get in our car and we cruise down the road and we trust that the drivers coming towards us are paying attention. We order a meal at a restaurant and, and we trust that the cook back in the kitchen is going to prepare it correctly, prepare it well. We go to the doctor and we trust that the doctor is really concerned about our well-being and he or she is going to tell us what we need to know. We trust that people, we trust that people we don't even know care about us. Sometimes they do. Sometimes maybe they don't. But remember, we've been looking at the promise of God. We've been looking at that verse in Hebrews 10.23, talking about the promises of God. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Our God is a promise keeper. And one of God's promises, one of the promises of God, is a promise that he will provide. It's a promise that God cares for us. Sometimes we might wonder, does anyone care? Does anyone really care? Well, God has promised us that he does. He does care for you. And that's why he's promised to provide. 
At the end of his letter to the Philippian Christians, Paul was giving them thanks for how they had supported him. Here's what he wrote in Philippians 4, verse 15 through 20. And you, Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul said, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for supporting me. It was like a fragrant offering. It was a sacrifice that was acceptable and it was pleasing to God. And then he says this, he says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Paul was thanking them for their support and he was confident that the same God who took care of him would also take care of them. That's how Paul felt. God has taken care of me through you, and now God's going to take care of you. That's God's promise to all of us. That's God's promise to all of his people. God will provide. God will take care of us. That's actually a misplaced trust according to our culture today. You see, our culture today isn't used to placing trust in God and His care over us. They're not used to that. We're not accustomed to trusting that anyone else is going to take care of us. You've probably even heard this phrase before. God takes care of those who... What's the rest of it say? God takes care of those who takes care of themselves. That's what we hear. A lot of people think that's actually a Bible verse. It isn't. The Bible doesn't say that God takes care of those who take care of themselves. The Bible says God will take care of you. God will provide. He will take care of us. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 33. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Jesus tells us 
to take note of what God does. Notice the fields. Notice the wildflowers and how they're cared for. Notice the birds of the air and how they are fed and cared for. And then, and then Jesus says this. He says, if God cares about those things, then he most definitely cares about you. Every day is another day of evidence that God is taking care of us. But we just fail to recognize that so often. We say things like, I work hard for the things that I have. I earn them. I'm the one that's providing for my family. That's true. It is true, but only to a point. Because who gave you the ability to work? Who gave you the opportunity to work? Who has seen you through some rough times? Behind everything that is good is God. James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. He takes care of us. He provides. Quick question for you. You need to be honest with this. How many of you have ever forgotten a birthday or an anniversary of someone close to you? I'm horrible at trying to remember those things. My wife can tell you birthdays of kids she had when she was a preschool teacher years ago. I can't tell you anybody outside of my immediate family what their birthday is. I heard about a husband who thought he came up with this brilliant plan to remember his wife's birthday and their anniversary. So here's what his plan was. He got hold of a florist and he opened up an account and he gave the florist the dates and these instructions. They didn't need to contact him. All they needed to do was on those dates, send a bouquet of flowers and a note that said from your loving husband. Then once a year, he would pay his bill. Just send them out on these dates. I'll pay the bill once a year, keep the account open, keep it going, that's how we'll do this. And it worked great until several bouquets later, when he came home one evening, kissed his wife, and then casually said, Hey, nice flowers, honey. Where'd you get them? Don't forget where the good things come from. It is God who provides. That's what Paul's thank you to the Philippians said. When he thanked the Philippians, he said, And my God will supply. Our God is our great provider. He takes care of our needs. The Bible says, don't put your trust in money, put your trust in God. 1 Timothy 6, 17. And I'm not saying, don't misunderstand, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a financial plan and you should just wing it and trust God with everything, putting in no work or effort or consideration at all. I'm not saying you shouldn't be cautious and wise and set aside for what you need. But don't forget that ultimately, ultimately our provider is God. And he has promised that he will take care of us. Sometimes he provides in ways that we would never expect. Do you remember the Old Testament story about Abraham and his son Isaac? Abraham and his wife Sarah had been wanting a child for so long and finally at a time when they felt like it was hopeless 
God gave them a son and they named him Isaac. And sometime after that, God spoke directly to Abraham and God told him to take his son, this son that was born to them that they had waited so long for, to take their son Isaac to the mountain and to sacrifice him. Can you imagine? Genesis 22, verse 6 and 7 says, So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Now that's a pretty good question. That's a really good question. Isaac's catching on to something. He's observant here. Something's missing, Dad. Something's not quite right. We don't have everything we need. What are we going to do, Dad? Listen to Abraham's answer in verse 8. Abraham says, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham said those three words, God will provide. I don't think he was just dodging the question. I think he believed that. He didn't know why God was doing what he was doing, and he didn't know how God was going to provide, but he trusted that God would. He knew that God cared, so he trusted that God would provide. If you look back at verse 5, Abraham told his servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther, we will worship there, and then we will come right back. Again, I don't think Abraham is saying this just to throw off some suspicion. I think he truly believed that God was going to provide. But, but, notice, but notice how far Abraham went. Notice how far he took it. Abraham was willing to obey even when he didn't understand why. Abraham was willing to go all the way with God even when he didn't understand why. He was willing to obey something that was extremely hard and didn't make any sense because he trusted that God was going to provide somehow. Abraham went all the way. Genesis 22, verse 9 through 13. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him any, in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham obeyed God all the way to that moment, all the way up until that moment that knife was raised in his hand and God said, stop. He trusted God and his trust was obvious in his obedience. And then after he offered the sacrifice, worshiped God, undoubtedly hugged his son, he gave a name to the place where they were at. He named that location. He named the place. And guess what he named it? He named it Yahweh Yireh. Yahweh Yireh. 
Yahweh, Yireh, means God will provide. God will provide. God will take care of us because God cares about us. Take, take a good look at your life. Take a good look. I'll bet there are some things in your life that you could name Yahweh Yireh. I bet you there's some things in your life that you could put a stamp on and say, God has provided. You've probably got some blessings that you know came only by the grace of God. Every honest, noble, and good thing in your life, I believe, is evidence that God cares for you. It's a testimony to who God is. It's one more promise that God has kept. But let's not get trapped into going too far with this, and let's not get stuck into thinking that this is what it's all about. The promise that God cares, the promise that God provides, that promise doesn't mean that God is some genie in the sky just waiting to grant our wishes. That's not what it means. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Matthew 6.31-32 says, So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Sometimes we don't feel like God cares. Sometimes we don't feel like God cares because what we've done is we've confused what we need with what we want. God doesn't promise to take care of us by giving us everything we want. He promises to take care of us by giving us what we need. Matthew 6, 8 says your father knows what you need before you ask him. Several years ago, Paul Harvey told a story about a three-year-old boy who went to the grocery store with his mom. Before they entered the grocery store, she said to him, Now you're not going to get any chocolate chip cookies, so don't even ask. She put him up in the cart, and he sat in that little child's seat as she wheeled down the aisles. And He was doing fine until they came to that section of the store. You know that section where it's got all those colors and all the, the good, yummy-looking food, all those cookies and stuff? He got to that section, and he saw the chocolate chip cookies, and he stood up in his seat, and he said, Mom, can I have some chocolate chip cookies? She said, I told you not even to ask. You're not going to get any at all, so just sit right back down. They continued down the aisles, but in their search for certain items, they ended up back in that cookie aisle again. Mom, can I please have some chocolate chip cookies, please? She said, I told you, you're not getting any. Sit back down, don't ask again. Finally, they're approaching the checkout lane. The little boy sensed. This may be his last chance. So just before they got to the line, he stood up on the seat of the cart and he shouted in his loudest voice. He said, in the name of Jesus, may I have some chocolate chip cookies? God doesn't promise what we want. He promises what we need. And just like a parent who knows what is best, God knows what is best. Remember Romans 8? We know that God is always at work for the good of everyone who loves him. Romans 8.28 God can be trusted to work for our good. And by the way, sometimes, sometimes that good that God does in our life 
Sometimes it is more than just what we need. I believe that sometimes God blesses us with even more than just what we need. If you remember, Paul Harvey ended his stories by saying, and now you know the rest of the story. So here's the rest of the story about that little boy in the grocery store. When he cried out, in the name of Jesus, may I have some chocolate chip cookies, everyone around him laughed and thought it was so cute. And due to the generosity of the other shoppers, that little boy and his mother left the grocery store with 23 boxes of chocolate chip cookies. I guess it never hurts to ask. Finally, I want to point out one more thing about God's care for us. One more thing about God providing. If you look back in the context of the Philippian scripture and the scripture in Matthew that I read and the story of Abraham and Isaac in Genesis, if you look back at the context of all of those scriptures that we've been talking over, there's a common thread between them all. In Philippians, Paul writes that God will supply all your needs, but he writes that after the Philippian Christians have proved their faithfulness by supporting him in his ministry. And then in Matthew, Jesus says God will give you everything you need, but he says that right after he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And then in Genesis, Abraham testified to how God provided, but God provided after Abraham had proved his obedience. That common thread that goes throughout all of those scriptures and all of those accounts, the common thread there is faithful obedience. God promises to take care of those who are living in faithful obedience to him. If you're living in continuing willful disobedience to God, don't assume that this promise is meant for you. I think so often people who, have, who do not live out their faith, have no intention of living out their faith, somehow believe that the promises of God are still meant for them. God's promises are for his faithful followers, for those who devoted themselves to him. This is a promise for God's people. This is a promise for those who have made the choice to follow him. God's invitation, I want to be clear, God's invitation is to everyone. God has an open invitation to himself that's meant for everyone. God calls all people to come to him, to accept him, to embrace him as Lord and Savior. His invitation is given to everyone, but God's care is upon those who have accepted his invitation. He does not force his will and his way upon someone who has not chose him. He does not force his will and his way upon someone who has rejected him. This morning, if you're doing your best, if you're doing your best to live faithful in obedience to Christ, if you've given yourself to Christ and you've chosen him as your Lord and Savior, then take some time to look around you and notice how God is taking care of you. Take some time to say thank you. And then live your life in a place, from a place of gratitude. Live a life of gratitude for what God has done and how he is taking care of you. And if you're, if you're listening and you've never made that decision to follow Christ, or if you've been living in disobedience, 
Now's a good time to really think about it. Now's the time to ask, do I want to come under the promise of God's care? Do I want that promise of God's care to be over me? Do I want God to provide for me? Not like some magical genie in the air, but do I want God over me as a parent over a child? Caring for me, but me submitted underneath of him. Let me tell you this. God has already provided for you in the absolute best way. He provided a payment for our sin. He gave Jesus who took the punishment that we deserve. That certainly shows us how far God will go to take care of us. Please take a moment now to pray with me. God, thank you for your promise of care. Thank you that you love us and want to care for us. I pray asking for forgiveness for so often, for too many times we do kind of treat you like a genie in the sky meant to grant our wishes. Forgive us for that. May we understand that your care, that your promise is for our good, but based upon what you know that is best, not what we think is best. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for the greatest care that you gave by giving Jesus, whose life was given for us. May we live as grateful people. May we notice all the many ways that you care for us. In Jesus' name, amen.